welcome to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It's Monday, October 18th, and after a week off, a week to get recharged, we're back at it, ready to go again. Uh, full show today, kind of a more loose show, guys. Not quite sure where it's going to take us. Obviously, a lot to talk about in football all across the board, whether it's Maction, Ohio State, Maxion. a little bit. Cincinnati, the NFL, Bengals, Bungles? surprising, Browns, not surprising, hate injured and hate them. Yes, pretty much, pretty much par <laughs> for the course. Um, but before we get into everything, of course, the man to my right, uh, back from being on voice rest for a week, kind of like Joe Burrow, except instead of a throat contusion, we just said please. <laughs> no one wants to hear your takes for another week. It's Zach. Damn. Zach feeling rested and, and ready to go? I'm completely rejuvenated to oh, say goodness. something shocking today. Oh, good. Good. To my right you is Zach. Did, you already did your right. To my left <laughs> is uh, the guy who actually wasn't late last week, mostly because we didn't have a show <laughs> back on track this week. Uh, it's Josh. Josh, how are we doing today? Nice to finally see you here. Yeah, uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, he's he's got a hard thing going on. He's Happy moving right now. Yeah, we're, he's, we're, we're he's in between homes. Studios he's, and homes. His life is a mess. You ever move, Greg? Do you know my commute to get here every day? <laughs> this man drives to Delphus. Have you ever been to Delphus? Oh yeah, I did. I, oh, I have sadly not. You know what's near Columbus? Kaleida. Collider. Oh, then, we'll get to that. We'll oh. get to my little trip from Delphus to Collida here, possibly in our beer of the week. Uh, and then, of course, the wonderful voice that you're hearing is uh, a guy who is actually kind of happy that we didn't have a podcast last week because I didn't have to explain my way out of another blown lead by the Browns. Thankfully, this week, they just got whooped, got whooped from the word go. So from the first kickoff, so I don't, don't even have to worry about it this week. Um. As Josh mentioned, we've got a wonderfully interesting beer from Kaleida, Ohio here. But uh, before we get into that, let's get some headlines going on. The Cats are up again following a 56-21 beatdown of Central Florida Saturday afternoon, helped by four first-half touchdowns from Jerome Ford and a Kobe Bryant pick six. Kobe. Kobe. Coupled with uh, the 24-7 home loss by Iowa to Purdue, the Cincinnati Bearcats now sit at number two, two in the AP poll. Number two is the highest the Bearcats have ever risen in the poll, giving them a lot of momentum towards possibly some bigger goals later in the season. Don't you know, pump it up. You got to pump it up. But this week, of course, the focus shifts to Annapolis as the Bearcats take on the Mighty Midshipman, the 1-5 Navy Midshipman, Saturday afternoon. In Columbus, the Buckeyes were idle this week as they prepare for a second half of the season that begins with a trip to Bloomington to play Indiana and a visit from Penn State. But they were also able to gain a spot thanks to the Iowa loss up to number five. So two teams right around that college football playoff ranking. The first of the college football playoff rankings comes out in just two weeks so we really get the full landscape mm -hmm. they'll understand that Cincinnati's obviously the best team in the nation 
Oh, I don't know, bud. <laughs> also, uh, speaking of teams that are really the best in the nation, a quick shout out to Maction. Yeah. Maction! Uh, Ohio QB Amari Rogers, whose 99 yard touchdown run is the longest by a quarterback in FBS history. Unfortunately, that wasn't quite enough for the Bobcats as they fell to Buffalo 27 26 on a last second field goal. In the NFL, the Bengals started off the afternoon with a beatdown of the Lions in Detroit 34-11. Joe Burrow had three touchdowns, and Mixon had over 150 all-purpose yards, as Cincinnati breezed by Detroit and now sit tied for the lead in the AFC North. Six games into the season, wow, with a top-of-the-division clash coming Sunday in Baltimore. So Possibly after this week, alone in first place, whoa. Uh, in Cleveland, things did not go quite as well uh, for the Browns, who got off to an atrocious start. Uh, three and out, turnover on downs, fumble, and pick. So, all of the great things, falling Eesh. behind 20 to nothing early. Uh, Cleveland did manage to get uh, deficit back to nine, thanks to a 57-yard Hail Mary caught by uh, Zach's favorite Brown, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Nice. But that was, a, that was as close as Cleveland got, falling 34 to 17. Browns also left the loss battered and bruised with injuries now to uh, Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham Jr., Jeremiah Wusu-Kormoa, and a re-aggravation of Baker's shoulder injury, which leaves Cleveland in a tough spot as they face Denver on Thursday night with eight, or sorry, with seven of the 11 starters on their offense on the injury report and two backups in Hunt and uh, David Njoku. Uh, and then finally, to round out the sports week in Ohio, the crew got a huge 4-0 win versus Inter-Miami Saturday to keep their playoff chances on a lifeline, moving just four points out with five to play, while FCC dropped yet another game, this time to Orlando, as the Orange and Blue sit at 25 points with just five to play, tied with Austin for the worst record in the league. Going back-to-back-to-back wooden spoons. Woo! Woo! On the ice, Columbus got a huge start to their season, getting back-to-back home wins, including an 8-2 thrashing of Arizona and a 2-1 comeback win versus the Kraken. On the hardwood, the Cavs start their season Wednesday night with a trip to Memphis to face the Grizzlies. It's a full week of sports coming up here in Ohio. Hockey's back, basketball's back, Bengals, Browns, Buckeyes, Bearcats. What more could you want? Guys, those are your OH headlines. Beer of the week, as we mentioned, comes from Kaleida, Ohio. It comes from 1820 Brewworks in Kaleida, Ohio. It is their Pendleton's Purple Pale Ale. It is a American pale ale with uh, some blackberry added to it, so it's got that nice kind of uh, purple color, as you might say. So it's got that nice blackberry color to it, um, 6.6 ABV. It's a 54 IBU pale ale. Greg, uh, I'm not sure so much about the purple color, but yeah. it does have that, I think it's a perfect hint of berry in there that makes this a unique pale ale. Pretty, uh, as they say, drinkable. Ooh. I like that one. Yeah. I, did you I try was, this one there? Or did uh, you just blindly 
No, so I, I blind. I wanted to pick one that I hadn't even had just to kind of give it a. Uh, I don't know. Give it a say, when, I, when I was up there, this is what I had. It's an awesome little tap room way out on, way, way out there on way the, out. off the beaten path. Yeah, so it's in the middle of uh, Putnam County. Uh, Tell us some fun facts about Putnam pa- County, Greg. Not a lot out there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot out there. Uh, the one fun thing about 1820 Brew Works in Putnam County, they get their hops from Glandorf in Putnam County from Frogtown Hops, yeah. and they get their barley from Barley 5 Malt House in Columbus Grove, which is not that close to Columbus. No. Uh, Putnam County, kind of uh, north and west of like Lima, kind of up near your Finley area a little bit, so very much off the beaten path. But they estimate only about 400 families live there. Wow. With a population of 1,500. <clears throat> not a lot out there in Putnam, except... Fantastic yeah, beer. That's great beer. That's good beer. And it is a, a nice little villagey square there where the 1820 is. Yeah, you kind of, uh, you know, you come up to the main village driving around some, uh, you know, obviously a ton of farms out there. And uh, yeah, there's a nice, it's like a little split area where there's kind of like a cafe on the one side and then mm-hmm. like a, a tap room on the other side. So you can, you know, hmm. got some food, got uh, got a flight. Uh, had their red ale, which I thought was really good. I really, really like their full Nelson IPA. I believe I got their Marzen. Did you then... Stephen Glansberg it? I don't even know what that. Were means. you by yourself? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was stuck. So I was stuck in Delphus, Ohio, for work overnight on Wednesday. So the I was big like, D. I, I might as well go explore and find something. Find something the for the big show. D, huh, Josh? Little D, yeah, I suppose. Cause, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's, not, it's not exactly the biggest town in the world, but uh, really nice tap room, uh, great beer. Uh, once again, Pendleton's Purple Pale Ale. Um, as we mentioned, it's got that solid pale ale taste. It doesn't quite have the purpleness. It's more of that, like... Uh, well, I mean, it's got, you know... It's kind of, I mean, it, it looks like... It's if got a tint when you hold it up to the light it looks like if you put the juice from blackberries in beer i mean that's exactly. that's the color that you're it's good right though yeah that's real but, good different uh especially for a pale ale pales usually all taste the same to me in a lot of ways maybe a little hoppier maybe not but this one has a little little twist yeah it's got a little twist it. and then a solid amount of hops on the back to really make it a pale you know it's not one of those sometimes in those fruity pale ales it can be a little thin on the back with yeah. hops but yeah, you get sweet and hoppy here, I think. So uh, shout out to uh, Kaleida, Ohio's own 1820 Brew Works. Um, if you're out in that way, I uh, cannot recommend it enough. Uh, really good food, and uh, the five beers that I've tried from there now, I'm, I'm a big fan of all of them. All right, as we move into the bulk of our show, not doing our, our normal segments, just a little bit more free-flowing, uh, we're going to start with the college football ranks. As we mentioned, Ohio with two of the top five teams Woo! in the nation. Two. Um, at number two, we have the, the Cincinnati Bearcats. The Cincinnati Bearcats. No, don't fucking and do that. And at five, we have an Ohio State Buckeye. Don't fucking do that. One of them. Mm, potentially. Don't do that. Um, 
Georgia did get all 63 first place votes. That was pretty sad. I was hoping one of us, someone would just throw us a vote. I, I thought somebody would throw them a vote, but also it, everybody's on the Georgia. Did you Have you guys ever watched Georgia play with uh, Bennett at quarterback? Have Stetson ever, Bennett? Yeah, have you ever seen him throw the football? He throws it like a sixth grade Yeah, he looks like quarterback. It looks terrible. It's a terrible. I was watching the Kentucky game, and the ball just flits up there like a dying quail. And like, if you played anybody... With any semblance of you know a secondary, they like it. You looks, mean like a team with a one point seven like turnover with margin? Whole body, you know what I mean? You see a lot of guys that got that short, quick boom. Like he throws with his whole body, like a six year old, and it like flutters out of his hand. Anyway, so you're saying he'd have trouble with a talented secondary, say one that incurs a uh, one point seven turnover margin? Yeah, Ohio State, exactly, exactly oh, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 not the number two team in the country, but uh. Yeah, I, I still am not buying uh, Oklahoma. If you're, I know if you're not if you're not high on Georgia, I'll go the team I'm still not high on is Oklahoma. Oh, I'm not high. Bunch on. of frauds. I mean, I'm, hey, let me let me give you this. I'm high on, on Georgia's defense. I'll buy that yeah. all day. No, I'm not. Yeah, no, I don't buy Oklahoma. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with the Spencer Rattler situation there. Um, buying or selling Spencer Rattler? Selling. Selling? Absolutely. I mean, he I'd just, sell think him on he's a done for the year. He's, you could barter with me. Um, <laughs> the one, the what one question I, I think you have is since he's already played the four games, he loses his... Right, uh, no, but I mean, you got Williams if that's your, oh, yeah, that's I your mean, boy. I mean, Rattler might be on the sidelines as the backup, but I don't think he'll play again unless... Yeah, that's barring injury, yeah. I mean, and you look at Oklahoma, you know... Right now, they have, I mean, they beat, you know, Tulane by five, Nebraska by seven, West Virginia by three, Kansas State by six, Texas by six. Really, I mean, I mean, I guess with Caleb Williams, they did have their, you know, their best win or their biggest blowout win aside of West Carolina beating TCU, you know, by 20. And and, and who was that again? Uh, TCU. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> They still have two tough games, uh, two tough road games, two of their last three games. I mean, their last three games are really where we're going to find out about Oklahoma, plus the conference championship. They play Baylor, who's a solid team, at Baylor. Iowa State at home and Oklahoma State on the road. Those are the, I mean, those are the best three teams they're going to play all year. Right. I mean, it's a trap like, game this weekend, but yeah, you're right. That's not a trap game. No. <laughs> this is not <laughs> a trap game. <laughs> but but uh, honestly, this year it could happen. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I'm going to laugh so hard at Kansas. <laughs> hey, you got to go to Kansas? Get out of here. Get out of here. That place is going to be rauscious. You're not even going to handle it. No, Caleb Williams hasn't played in front of that kind of no. <laughs> intense. They should play it inside the fog. Maybe they'll we've have a seen, little more. We've seen what... Uh... We've seen what happens to Oklahoma quarterbacks at Kansas. I mean, Baker yeah. Mayfield, you know. What was that? The, was that the middle finger? Was that the, the suck my dick? That was the hold my nuts. Or the hold my nuts. Yeah. 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 I, that'd be hilarious if Caleb Williams did that. Um, you know who is huge on Oklahoma, though? The coaches. The coaches actually have Oklahoma at number two. Over yeah, because I know the Bearcats are, are three. Yeah, no love from the coaches. See, I don't know. I guess... From a coach's standpoint, you know, a win's a win, I suppose, if you're not watching every game, which no way, you're not watching games. any of they the other watch games. They don't any other games unless you're an if opponent you watched, and their schedule If you had watched Oklahoma's game, they'd be no... Uh, 
TCU this this past weekend. But then uh, they've had to have Texas choke for them, and then all their other wins are by one score. So I don't know what's impressive about that. All right, so just taking a look at the coaches' poll. Uh, Georgia, whoa, a lot of teams have some interesting uh, looks at them. The high and low for Georgia is one to five. So everyone in the AP poll has Georgia number one. Right. Um, I guess someone has Georgia at five and Alabama at one because they're the only other number one that I see. Um, Oklahoma's high is two and low is five. That's where Cincinnati is in the AP poll. Someone has Cincinnati ranked at 10. Uh, someone has Oregon ranked at three. Someone has Iowa what? ranked at two still. Someone has Penn State ranked at four still. Someone has Texas A&M at Just five. Just get rid of the coaches poll. Why do they even do this? A&M. Dabo has A&M Clemson at, at two, I'm guessing. Someone has Clemson at number two. So. Oh, God, that's got to be that's, Dab- yeah. Dabo. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know who. How do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night, honestly? You can't, you can't honestly, hey. in, in good faith, be making... Watching He's college football on the weekend and making win. these votes—that's terrible. They just shouldn't have the point anymore. It's USA Today's like a bill. I guess they're just trying. And it's not even the USA Today coaches poll anymore. It's the AFC. What the hell is that? AFCA coaches poll. Why do they even have this anymore? I just—that's the AP. The AP is 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 doing okay, I think. But that that have some of those are insane. Yeah, I mean, you look at the AP poll like. Everybody has Georgia at number one, which I think is fair. Cincinnati, their highest is two, which is most of their voters. A decent amount of three, and then like two at four and one at five. You know what I mean? Like no yeah. one really has anyone that far. Right. Um, Ohio State is a little bit more over the all over the board. They have a couple voters have them at two. A couple voters ha- or one voter has them all the way down at eleven. Oh, but it's not guy. one of those things <laughs> where it's like, hey. Someone has, you know, unranked Clemson. Someone has Clemson at 15, I guess, which is a little bit crazy. But what? Clemson at number two is unbelievable. That's just that's insane. That's just so disingenuous. You can't you can't tell me that you you actually go to bed at night believing that. And here's the crazy part. Not every coach gets a vote like they rotate it. It's like a right. collection of like however many. I don't even know how many. What is it? Probably like 65, I guess. Uh, coaches vote on that. It's so weird. I don't know why we're even looking at that. But uh, I guess taking a look at Cincinnati, maybe maybe digging a little bit deeper on them as well. Uh, I would say the the two things that are brought up the most about Cincinnati. I mean, one is obviously the conference, but then you look, you know, at their schedule coming in. Uh, Right now, they play Navy and Tulane their next two games. I believe it's Navy, Tulane, and Tulsa, who I believe have five wins on the season combined. Two of them are one and five. Um, you see USF on the road, who's a bad team. SMU, which could be an undefeated, undefeated matchup, and then yep. ECU. And then well, probably either SMU that. or Houston. Either uh, you know SMU and Houston. I believe Houston has one loss. SMU is undefeated. So possibly another ranked team. Uh, For them, I mean, you'd there... almost want Houston and then Houston to somehow get into the top 25 if they beat MS- SMU like in the championship game. You, know, you want to differentiate a little bit here. You don't want the same team twice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully beat SMU. Well, you'd have, you'd have SMU after the Houston game. I, 
You just want the best teams and yeah. you want as high because the worry that you have here is obviously, you know, Cincinnati's seen it in the past. They're doing this in a bad year. Yeah. For the AAC. I mean, you know, the past yeah. you could usually count on at least the last several years, what, Memphis being right, probably Houston, maybe UC, or well, I probably I UCF. I don't think yeah. you can count Houston out yet. I don't know. No, they were, but I just they were mean, getting more votes. They only got two votes I just in this mean, last poll. But on their schedule, like they, you're probably thinking during the AC slate, they got like three ranked games probably in right. there, and now they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're probably just going to get the two at the end. Yeah. But if you can dominate in those games. I know. It's so hard, though, because you look at a team. I mean, let's just use, just just for example, Ohio State. I don't think Purdue stays in the rankings, but as it sits right now, right. in Ohio State's last six games, they play four ranked teams. Three of those are in the top uh, ten. Yeah, right. I mean, oh, you, look, yeah. you look the last couple of years, two of them have been, you know, Last year they had uh, what was it USF and Tulsa. This year before they had UCF and Memphis yeah. both up there. I mean they also had ranked opponents out of conference. Army was ranked the one time they played them. Mm. Uh, obviously Ohio State twenty eighteen. I mean you get one ranked opponent, so you're usually looking at you know two or so ranked opponents. But I think it's just usually the mediocre teams are at least a little bit better. There are at least a few teams chilling around the. Yeah, the right around top the twenty-five line, but there are just so many teams. You know, Navy's been not Navy this year. Tulsa's been bad this year. You expect you know your two lanes, East Carolinas. Yeah, can they just schedule Coastal Carolina? Well, here's why I think though is you bring up a good point. Set up a conference championship. Why not? Yeah, regardless of how things shake out in the Big Ten, you're going to play a handful of ranked opponents and everything. You just are. I mean, that's every comp. Well, so when you get down to the end, though, like I'd rather have. I think that one loss Big Ten team in the playoffs over everyone saying, oh, Big 12 champions kind of gaining ground with the committee. It's like if that if that champion is Oklahoma and they continue to win in the unimpressive fashion that they have been, then right. I, mean, I would rather have the Big Ten, one, well, one loss Big Ten champion in there we've seen him over do it Big 12 champion. We've seen him do it before. So then... I, I maybe we'll start with you, Josh, and get your take, and then maybe over to Zach. Maybe. Say, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we. We might it. just shut down the whole podcast after Josh's we'll answer. Yeah. Um, say Cincinnati goes through the rest of the year, wins, doesn't really have any close games. You know, wins at least comfortably in all their games. I, I'm not going to say kills takes every care team. Of business. Takes care of yeah. business. Do you think with the team being number two right now? They go, I guess it'd be 13 and 0, technically with the conference championship. Right. Do you see a path that a 13 and 0, comfortably winning every game, Cincinnati gets left out of the playoff? No. No, I just, I don't, I don't think. You think this is the year? I think this is the year. I mean, that, that would be, and like you said, they have to take care of business. They have to win all their games, do it in comfortable fashion, you know, and impress the committee with all their wins, bring the championship to the table and everything. I just don't – the way all these other teams are – we were talking about earlier off the show, like it's a, it's a down year. It's a bad yeah. year. If there was going to happen, it would happen this year when there's a team as dominant as the Bearcats are looking on both sides of the ball and there's really – not a lot of teams like that out there this year. So I, with them already being at number two, which I am just stunned on so many levels to see that, 
I just don't see them, unless they lose, falling out of the top four. Zach, what about you? There is yes, a- I, I, I'll say yeah, just because if there was a year they were going to do it, it would have to be this year too. I think Oklahoma's going to lose. There's no way there's an undefeated Big 12. I don't think there's an undefeated Pac-12 team. I think Alabama's already lost. I don't buy Georgia. I don't know. I think but, the SEC is going to cannibalize itself. But the ACC's done, in my opinion. They don't matter no. anymore. They're out. So if you think about it, you're going to have... I mean, realistically, you know, there was talk for a week there right after Alabama lost. Oh, now the Big Ten's best place to have two I don't think anybody's getting two teams in. So I'm thinking, even, even in you know worst-case scenario, I, I still can't rack up how... They leave UC out because I think it's going to be Georgia or Bama, you know, Ohio State, and probably, geez, crazy to say, like Michigan, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe. I mean, battling it out there. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you still have to worry about Iowa. I think they'll work their way back up um, in the big. So you got like three or four teams there, but I don't think they get two teams in necessarily. Um, Cause so so, so you're then saying... the other three conferences, in my opinion, are done. I think so. Yeah, I I would say... So I think the Pac-12 is still a joke. I think the ACC is out. I think the Big 12 is a joke. Yeah, I, I would say... And I think Oklahoma loses. If Oklahoma doesn't lose, that's different. But yeah. I, they still could get in. Well, in, in a in a realistic... I mean, in a scenario where you think, you know, Oklahoma might lose. I don't know if a one-loss Oklahoma gets in over, over an undefeated Cincinnati. But no way. if there was a scenario, I think one would be... Alabama and Georgia went out, and then Alabama beats Georgia. Oklahoma wins out, and then you have uh, how? Yeah, but I think it depends on how close. If like yeah. Alabama wins by like a field goal, sure. I don't want to hear they only lost by seventeen to yeah. Alabama. Well, you know they can't beat them. Yeah, and then it would be, you know, the same game again, probably. Yeah. The one four, but then you know you would. I mean, if they're close, and then you would have you know a one loss. Ohio State or maybe, you know, a Michigan or, or something like that. Right. The other question would be, you know, say Oklahoma stays undefeated, say Ohio State wins the Big Ten, you know, wins the Big Ten championship. Wins out. Yeah. Wins Big, yeah. Oregon goes 12-1. and one. Oregon has the win at Ohio State. Could, I mean. That's why we don't use the computers anymore, guy. You can't. I know. I, I get what you're saying, but you're saying an early season win. I think, first of all, but that's that's a head to head win. I mean, if that's why why even play the games if if you don't have yeah. the head to head. Okay, win? but that's, but that's, I'm saying is you're gonna look got at a point. He does have a point, but I'm saying that's why you have the committee because no offense, if we go back through and sift through the statistics and really watch that game, yeah, the defense was bad. But at the same time, Ohio State still outdid Oregon and everything. Ohio State still could have easily won that game by 21 points, to be honest with you. Well, and that's why I think you have... They, they're going to look actually, at that. Surprising yeah. as this, this is to say, I think they have that edge over a second SEC team right now. Because even if Alabama were to win and you get stuck in that scenario, like Alabama lost to an unranked at the time yeah. an unranked team and when you look at we'll see how when long you look at stays ranked. when you look at the schedule of both Georgia and Alabama in a down year like we're in mm-hmm. what's going to help Ohio State over I think a one loss I say even over in Oregon is the fact that 
whether right or wrong, I honestly personally still question it, but in people's minds, and assuming the committee follows a similar AP poll situation, everybody thinks the Big Ten's the best conference in football. I mean, pretty much. I mean, you got all these teams ranked in the top 11. I mean, yeah. So that's going to help, like, over Oregon, who... Yeah, that's why I, I mean... I, 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 I who does Oregon have on their schedule who's even For ranked? this reason, yeah. And they stumbled. And you can... And again, Ohio State always said, you got to lose early. People forget about it. They lost week two. Well, and I feel like there's always a late, late season Pac-12 loss. There is. Whether it oh, be yeah. I mean, late I, regular season of yeah. the championship I mean, if, game. If I had to put my money on... on uh, Oregon going undefeated the rest of the way. They have been. I mean, they have not been good recently. You know, they've got even, injuries too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're they're not since the Ohio State win. I mean, they had Stony Brook and Arizona, which you know both are right. Pretty much Arizona's basically barely beat Cal, but yeah, they lost to Stanford and they just squeaked by Cal. You know, they have to go to UCLA. They do not play another ranked team. Yeah, but, and they still have to go. I mean, they still have to go to UCLA to Washington, to Utah. So it's one of those things where you're like, they're probably, you probably I mean, I just, I've always said out. this, you're in the Pac-12, ACC, even, Big 12's getting better, but still even in the Big 12, you gotta go undefeated. You gotta go undefeated. I just, my now the, the last weird team that uh, I just want to bring up for, for conversation's yeah. sake, there is one undefeated team in the ACC right now. There is. <laughs> right, you are right, right. You are, Greg. There right, you are. Right, number you 16. Are. And I know this because I took them first half versus Old Dominion in the first game. It's about Wake Forest. The Fighting Demon Deacons are 6-0. and uh, As things currently stand, they have played zero ranked teams. <laughs> uh, they've won their last two games against Louisville and Syracuse, each by three points. The only ranked team they have on their schedule right now. NC State. Ooh, what a rivalry game. Oh, I'd love to be there for that. Is that the real tobacco? I mean. Is that the new tobacco broke, road of football? Yeah. Broke, UNC Duke, Woke, Wake Forest, <laughs> NC State. I don't know. I mean, I'd love Wake Forest to win. I Or the ACC would just be great. But um, they don't have enough here. I mean, you played ODU, Norfolk, a bad FSU team, Virginia, barely beat Louisville. Barely beat Syracuse. They're a team you expect to stumble at some point, let's be honest. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I would give NC State a little better chance coming out of there. The Wolfpack? I mean, just not getting in, but just winning the ACC is my point. I would take take the Wolfpack um, right now. Um, So then... Transferring from the ACC, I guess, over to the Big Ten because we've we've talked some random other conferences. Going to the Buckeyes because I think, as you mentioned, the Buckeyes have a lot of chances to improve their resume. Uh, you know, three top nine teams and four of their last six games against teams that are currently ranked. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the two big weekends are going to be Halloween weekend. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, and then the weekend of November 27th. So what is that, right after Thanksgiving, I think? Always after. Yeah. It's uh, obviously Ohio State, Michigan, and then also you get that Penn State, Michigan State game on that day too. So there are four huge games in the Big Ten East right now. You know, you have four teams with a combined two losses, one in conference, 
you know, all four teams in the top nine in that Big Ten East. I mean, Zach, obviously big Ohio State guy. What is your confidence against some of these teams? Because Ohio State has looked a whole lot better in the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a Penn State team that looked really good when they had Sean Clifford, not as great when they had when they didn't. Uh, Michigan State and Michigan have obviously won all their games, but haven't looked perfect during all of them. Uh, no. Michigan State versus Indiana last week was was tough. Michigan yeah. versus you know Nebraska and Rutgers has been interesting. Uh, where's your confidence level at? I guess I'm feeling sky high right now because they lost early. Ohio State always needs something to keep them keep them straight. You know what I mean? That they can be like. That Ryan Day can use. Like, no one believes in you. You got the one loss. You can't screw up. If they run defeated, I'd be a little nervous. They're getting too hot. I, no, I'm fully confident. Um, has anybody watched these three teams? You know, these other three teams play? Uh, great defenses. Horrible offenses. I mean, and, and their defenses are pretty good, even Iowa. But, um, you know, Ohio State could, I believe, could put, you know, 40 points Iowa's up on anybody with their eyes closed. Right. Um and so even a good defense, I think, holds Ohio State to 32, 30, 35 points. And the defense is vastly improved. They're getting better each week in leaps and bounds when you're playing so many young, inexperienced guys. Um, I'm very confident. Very confident. Honestly, the game I'm worried about is this Saturday in Bloomington. They ripped the bleaches At out seven. of the ground in there. <laughs> They're wild. At 7.30, Bloomington's weird. It gives me the creeps every time. I, I've only been there once, and I will never go back. Um, I, if they get past, I'm, I'm, I'm highly confident. I would say this is this might be one of the weirdest things I've ever said on this show because I, I I've said it at times just to get under your skin. Yeah. But if I had to pick a team that I would be most worried about for Ohio State. You can say Purdue. Well, no, well, Purdue potentially, but I would actually <laughs> I mean, say just Michigan's run game is impressive. Yep. And Ohio State at especially early in the season, and they've gotten better, but not against great teams. Right. Did get gashed against the run. Yeah. So once again, Penn State. I mean, they should. They probably. They probably should have lost to Wisconsin in that first game if Wisconsin didn't turn over the ball like three times in the red zone. No, yeah. Well, Wisconsin's um, a train. You can't trust them. Yeah, but but I mean... No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, Getting yeah, where yeah. they're at talent-wise, oh, you yeah. know... I mean, if it was in Happy Valley, I would maybe like Penn State more, but not even. And then Michigan, I I, I just... I think they have oh, the most trustworthy offense. If you want to go numbers like... Michigan does worry me from the aspects defense. of is when is it going to end because you just think yeah, yeah, <laughs> eventually yeah, there's right. got something's got to give. Um, no, I totally that that's 100 percent fair. I'm not like I'm just feeling good about them right now. I'm feeling confident. I think they're getting better every week, and I just think still the talent gap. Like I think Ohio State with how confident C.J. Stroud has looked and played ever and I know it wasn't. Especially Maryland. But Rutgers is like a solid defensive team. Like, he just gashed them. I just think... Uh, Ryan Helinski took them apart last week. Fair enough. Against Northwest. Coming, in, coming in, coming in, they were looking all right. I mean, hey, they shut Michigan down. Rutgers... That's my point. Like, yeah. they shut Michigan. I mean, you're looking at some... We're starting to get some like opponents here, right? Michigan, or, you know, Rutgers, Maryland. And I just... If even if Ohio State's defense isn't that dramatically improved, 
that offense is on all cylinders. Like you're not, they could put up 70 points if they wanted to. You're not, no one else is scoring 70 points. Like, no, get out of here. I, I, I'll agree with you there. Yeah. I, I just, I worry about when the Buckeyes face a very ferocious defense. I'll be waiting to see. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> how are they going to hold up? How, how are they going to hold up there? I, I just think I. Greg brings up a great point. I do worry about that Michigan game. You know, I think they're the most well-rounded of these upcoming ranked opponents. Now, once again, I would if if you had to pick the talent gap is just unbelievable, though. I was gonna say if you had to tell me, like, if you had to go and say who are you picking in this game, that game, yeah, I'm probably still taking Ohio State. I'm just saying out of the games left, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it's like a five on my worry on my top my ten worry meter on yeah, your priority yeah. list. I just the, the, the talent. Zach's, the Zach's talent now that you now that you mention it, uh, I feel like the Purdue game might worry me a bit too. Just because yeah. it's a home game, you know, Purdue's ranked now, so I think that might be a little bit better. But you know, if they beat Penn State, maybe a look ahead to the Michigan State Michigan game. You know what else is the other? Here's the two games: I, I, the and IU and the Nebraska game, because Lincoln gets weird. That might be a night game. With the, the way things are well, going. Well, if you want to talk um, about weird, that's... And they might... Scott Frost might be coaching for his job at that point. There's some weird games. I mean, I, I'm not saying there's no chance I say it loses the game. I'm just saying if they do, it's on them. Yeah. There's nobody better than them. Talent-wise, across the board, no one else has four and five star yeah. guys at every yeah. single position. It's unbelievable. They're, I'm feeling good, though. I'm feeling He's confident. good. I'm He's very confident. confident. I'm very confident. Purdue I'll call it right now. They go. They went out. They win the big time. All right. All right. Then, Done. Then let's go to this. Since we're halfway through the year, halfway, my halfway, halfway through the season, Josh, your four teams in the college football playoff. Ah, uh, Georgia. Okay. Cincinnati. Okay. Ohio State. Okay. We're talking end of season, by the way, guy. Not right now. <laughs> I know. Okay. And that, and that's why I don't know on the fourth team. The fourth team is so I still feel like they'll put two SEC teams in you do? and do Alabama. It's I don't. I'm not saying it's right. No. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying I like it. Okay. But I mean, we're yeah, we're only halfway through the season, and the whole I feel like I would top be willing to put Iowa in even if they lose Ohio State, but they got whooped by Purdue and that killed it. If they There's no way. Got, yeah. If they hadn't got whooped, then I would have been like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, if they were, if it was a twelve and one, yeah. Iowa. Yeah, I, I don't know if Georgia, if, Cincinnati, Ohio State, and just pick somebody. Alabama. Alabama. Uh, get us something interesting. All right. Yeah, Zach, who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go Bama, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma squeaks it out, baby. I think they go undefeated. I, like, I, like I think that. they just come out of nowhere. You know, they're not out of nowhere now. They're eight, but I think they kind of come through, upset Oklahoma, and then the, the committee's like, "Well, shit, I think we got to take them." <laughs> that was yeah. that was gonna be my. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I think they're like, "We're we're gonna put Cincinnati in," and then, uh, shit, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Well, that was going to be my shocker, so instead I'll just go. They want to see the Peach Bowl again. I'm going to go Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, or Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Cincinnati. Nice. Yeah, my yeah. thought was with the Alabama pick, 
I think if they get there, just something about saving, I think he whoops Kirby Smart's ass again. Like I do. I think if yeah. they when they meet, it just something in my head just says, and Bryce Young like has the game of his life or some absurd thing. I believe it. I mean, watching. I don't trust Georgia. Is my point. Yeah, we've I mean, seen scored... it under Kirby. We've seen. It, they were uh... only able to score twice against Clemson. Yeah, exactly. I mean... <laughs> that offense is anemic, and I know the defense is great, but I mean, they've always they last twenty years. Uh, under Mark Rick, they always had great defense. Yep. They don't ever score enough. I just I don't buy it. All right, as we move from college to the NFL on this uh, 30 Rack of Sports, once again, drinking Pendleton's Purple Pale Ale, the old PPP. Pendleton. From 1820 Brewworks in Collida, Ohio. Once again, if you're in that part of the state, Aruba, Collider. Ooh, I want Very close. Yeah. Very close. But uh, moving from one beautiful thing to another beautiful thing, the game of football. Football. Uh, guys, it has been, we'll say an interesting year so far. I wouldn't say more, more or less crazy than past years, but uh, certainly interesting Right now, Certain. through six weeks, you only have you know your one undefeated team, as everybody predicted, the Arizona Cardinals. At the Cardinals. <laughs> at at six and zero, oh. and now with Herbs Club <clears throat> getting their first win, only one winless team being the Detroit Lions, which I'm da, da, da. Sure, totally shocked that Jared Goff would allow. Sure, probably a couple people could have guessed, although they've had a they've had a rough go about it. They have. They have. <laughs> Two what? They've lost like. They were four of their games by less than three points. I mean, yeah, they had. Less. Yeah, I mean, um, two games, nineteen to seven. I mean, think about this. Yeah, I mean, they took the Ravens on, who I thought have looked impressive at various points, and I mean, could have won that the game. They lost by points. two to the Ravens. The Ravens needed a lost by two to the NFL Ravens. record long right field goal. The you know the lot or the Vikings. It took them you know Kirk Cousins like best drive of his career. Uh, I mean, the 49ers was only an eight-point game. They got back into that. Bears was... But the wheels fell off this past weekend. Yeah. When they faced the, the Bengals. Dan Campbell. Did you see that Dan Campbell... Uh, cried? See that press conference? Yeah, yeah. it was rough. Yeah. That was, he's was, like was tough pissed. to watch. Like you would... <laughs> so from teams that maybe are, are a little bit more, you know, right down the middle, kind of what we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. Uh, thank you, Denny Green. <laughs> Rest in uh, peace. Let's take a look at maybe some surprising teams. Zach, do you have any any big surprises from from the season so far? Big surprises? Uh, yeah, good or bad. A good or bad. I think Kansas City is going to turn around, but Kansas City, right? Oh yeah, Kansas City. Kansas City. I think I know it's an easy one. It's low hanging fruit, and like I said, I do think potentially they'll turn it around. Um, you know, I mean, they should a lot. I mean, they could. Very easily be two and four. I mean, they should have lost to the Browns. I think the Browns uh, that couldn't game close away. that game away. Yeah. Um, played the Ravens tight. Yeah, I mean, they played some tight games, but um, I mean, the Washington losses, uh, whew, that's ugly. Losing to the old football team. Yeah, you don't want to see that. Yeah, by uh, almost 20 points. Um, I don't know. It's weird. What, what's, uh, what happened to Pat Mahomes? Did he let it go to his head or... Wait, That's what I've been wondering. They lost to the football team. Oh no, sorry, they did beat the football team. I apologize. I was looking at the wrong thing. So I mean, they did, but that's the football team. 
Yeah, they. I mean, they lost to, to they or they beat Philly, but they lost to you know the Chargers, which are good football teams. Their three losses are to um, what two first place teams and a second place team. Yeah. So, but you expect them to be the cream of the crop. I mean, they they blew a lead against Baltimore. They probably should have lost to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They got you know beat up by the Bills. Really, their only you know their only wins are against the Browns in a game that the Browns kind of gave back to them. Um, the Eagles, who have not been a good team, and Washington, who also has not been a good team. You know, you look at the Titans game, and coming into the season, you would expect a win, but right now, who knows? <laughs> well, that, and... I, yeah, it's a lot of pa- on Pat Mahomes right now. The turnovers are... Uh, that's very uncharacteristic of a, what, year, two years ago, everybody was saying, you know, surefire Hall of Famer, Pat Mahomes, and... He's looked kind of mortal a little bit at times this year, which is just kind of odd for a guy really just entering his prime. Yeah, it is. It is a little strange, but I like you said, give, give it, give it time. You mm. know, um, I I don't see the Raiders staying as hot as they are. Well, not especially with, that, with all uh, that mess going hey, on. Hey, they responded. But, that that's a surprise to me. I, I yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised the way they did Sunday. Yeah, taking a look at Pat Mahomes. Uh, 2020, 38 touchdowns, six interceptions. 2021, 18 touchdowns, already eight interceptions. Yeah. So not wow. taking care of the ball as well as he has. Uh, you know, most of his statistics across the board are, you know, down. So, and I mean, there's part of that is you know, a little bit. They've never had a a real dominant defense. And I think we've seen some cracks a little bit there watching some of that. So, I mean, you know, it's all really on the offense, and they've generally been able to – Pat Mahomes have generally been able to orchestrate that. But um, I would expect them to bounce back. But the Chargers, you know, they look tough outside of that Ravens loss. I mean, they – you know, I really like Justin Herbert. That, that's going to be still kind of a tough division. I mean, you're down there with the Broncos right now. So uh, I, I would say, you know, based on a team that uh, – you know, like you mentioned, has had to carry their defense for a while. I would say my biggest shock is just a team that, you know, for a while they were always the team that had a, a awesome defense, had to kind of carry the offense, got a better offense, you know, got their offensive line fixed, but their defense has been atrocious. The worst team defensively in the NFL right now, the 2-4 and four Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. I know they have the Russell Wilson injury, but, you know, they're giving up 433 yards a game. I, I believe they brought that down from the last game because I believe they were on a record giving up like over 450 yards a game until the last game. Uh, you know, they're giving up, uh, what is it? You know, over uh, 140 rush yards per game and almost 300 pass yards per game. Like they're just getting blitzed everywhere, giving up 25 points especially without Russell Wilson. And even when he was in, they were still a pretty mediocre team. So. I mean, he had a QBR 59 and a half. Yeah, I mean, they've lost. Season thus far. <laughs> so far, you know, their only wins are, are the Colts and the 49ers. I mean, they've kept it decently close, but, you know, right now they're two and four. And, uh, you know, three of their next four games are Saints, Packers, Cardinals. So it's Oh, don't forget about the Jags. Jags are hot. Jags, Jags are hot. Jags yeah. are hot right Urban's now. Urban's got things rolling down yeah, there. Yeah, he does. Uh, That's just what he needed. Look out. <laughs> Look out.
Josh, are the Jags your surprise team because they're because they actually got to a win, or do you have some surprise somewhere else? Um, no, I am surprised that the Cardinals are doing as well as they are. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that's the easy one because they're still undefeated and everything. You know, I definitely thought they'd be good with all their additions and everything, but I didn't think the defense um, would would step up um, and rise to the occasion this year. But they're looking like a very complete team. I mean, you got some ball hawks out there on defense and that offense. Uh, AJ Green out there resurfacing. Yeah, AJ Green, I, I, JJ Watt. <laughs> yeah, I will say, I it mean, took some reclamation projects a little bit on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's working out for him. A couple of their wins have been, you know, Vikings by one, Jaguars, they won by 12, but they were down early, 49ers only by seven. But, you know, they've looked good, and especially against the teams, you know, against the good teams. You know, Titans, they beat handily, uh, Rams, they beat handily, Browns, obviously, last last week they beat very handily yeah. so they've played well against every team i mean you know they have the texans next week mills mafia not expecting a whole lot but you know then they have the packers 49ers again panthers so certainly some tests coming up here soon but this could be a team that you know you could see as the as the one or two seed in the nfc for sure yeah, i mean they got a, they got a great path to them they got a top 10 offense a top 10 defense yeah uh, they're, they're rocking and rolling i mean I'll, I'll tell you this i uh when they hired cliff kingsbury who was a extremely mediocre college football coach i was like that is the dumbest hire in the world but I, i'll give him credit what he's done thus far uh, very impressive, you know, with Kyler Murray. He's built that offense around Kyler Murray, and they didn't even miss a beat last week with him out. So, well, they've just got they've just got so many winnable games ahead on their schedule. They got oh, the yeah. Texans this week, and then then they'll have the Packers prime time. Uh, but then 49ers, Panthers at Seattle, Seahawks. at Chicago, yeah, at Detroit. Uh, I mean, you're Colts you're at. Dallas. Yeah, I mean they're they Seahawks have like three they have got, three iffy at, games. Yeah, you got at Dallas at the end of the year, and then you've got the you host the Rams on another primetime game. So uh, the the the, the yeah. road the road to great success here is paved. Thirteen and four, four the fourteen and three is not absurd. Yeah, no, that's I mean all. fourteen and three is probably a uh, probably a little bit disappointing. Probably maybe. a one seed. No, no, yeah, but I'm saying it's. I yeah. mean, it'd be shocking if they weren't. Probably uh, one other just uh, fun little stat that I saw coming through here as far as you know disappointments. And I don't think anyone expected them to be great, but a stadium that was kind of a fortress for a long time, although with a different quarterback at the helm. Zero and four at home. The two and four Patriots are zero and oh, yeah. four. Oh, yeah, home. yeah. Now I know you know Dallas, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. Maybe not as much Miami, but you know three of those four teams. Pretty good, but still a, a team that almost never lost at home. Starting off two and zero on the road against very mediocre competition in the Jets and the uh, Texans. Owen Ford home, right? Oh no, yeah, that's. Uh, I know. I was always on Belichick's side in the Belichick Brady thing. I don't. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Uh, maybe that was wrong. I uh, yeah, they're rebuilding. I know they're they they really bought into. Um, no, it's not Bryce Young. Who was Bryce Young's predecessor? Uh, Mac sorry. Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones. Whatever, whatever dumb name they get down there. Mac Jones. Um, I mean, at times he, he looks like a Brady S, like Brady early in his career, right? Kind of a game manager, not going to lose you some games. Um, 
it's it's still surprising though. I was kind of expecting a little bit of a. I mean, I, Buffalo's going to run away with that atrocious division. Oh yeah, I mean, that, no that, one, that, that division's over. They might as well just give them the. I mean, yeah, the we, we saw the and, Dolphins, uh, like, you know, in uh, in London. Tua looked better, but so you can't lose to the Jaguars and expect anything. No. Um, I mean, the Jets look bad, and then if the Patriots don't look any more than decent, then it's it's yeah, it's are the Bills' even- division. The real question is. Are the Bills going to get the one seed? I think that's more of a question. It's in that, their favor because yeah. of how bad that division is. It's I mean, a, they get so many winnable I mean, I, don't, games, I yeah. haven't looked at their schedule, but I'm assuming they have majority of their divisional games, if not pretty close, even left. So there's probably... I mean, uh, they got the Bills uh, two two out of three weeks in de- December. I, I mean, mean, the Bills got the Patriots two out of three yeah. weeks? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that that they very likely could just run away with that because I think Baltimore's got a tougher sledding. Um not huge. Honestly, the AFC is just real down. Not real. And and the Bills have the uh, AFC South, so they get you know they get. Oh, the they Jags. have the South too. Oh my yeah, god! Well, could Jags. that have worked out the other shitty division in yeah. your conference? They got aligned with. Already played the Texans. Yeah. Get the Jags. Get you know the Colts who are kind of up and down. I mean, so I would say this: the if the Bills are not the number one seed in the AFC, I think that's a massive disappointment on yes. their front. That schedule plays out perfectly for them. Especially with uh, Mr. Trayvon Diggs, I, I mean that yeah. man. That man's insane. Seven interceptions for the Cowboys. You're thinking of Stephon Diggs, who's on or Stephon Diggs? Yeah, yeah. I can see. Trayvon I just, Diggs they're both seven. They're both ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Both unreal. Their Steph, names are uh, Trayvon Diggs. Diggs is one of the. I mean, the Cowboys defense has been great so far. Trayvon Diggs. Seven interceptions so far. We talk about a team that's finally, if we're talking about teams that'll be disappointed at the end of the year if they don't finish finish off finally. The Cowboys, I feel like, are finally putting it all together. I'm shocked because I think Mike McCarthy is an over-the-hill shell yeah. coach, and yet they somehow are five again. But they're also in the worst division in the NFC, which this is, is true. Yeah, true. And I mean, the Panthers, who knows what they did. I mean, wins over the Chargers and the Panthers. So, you know, only lost to the Bucks by two. Like, they've been competitive against decent teams. So, I wouldn't... I mean, I I, I don't trust Mike McCarthy as much as anyone else. But, no. you know, at least as far as right now, they're staying, you know, competitive in the games that they need to. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, they're one of those right up there with the Bills. I mean... Obviously, much much more competition out there. I think it comes down to them and the Cowboys for three or four yeah. seed, or them and the Packers, excuse me, for three and four seed. Because Cardinals, Bucks. Whoa, sir! Oh, do you think your Packers actually have a chance at, at being up there? For All right, the we're one, gonna we're gonna shift. Seed? We're gonna shift at this point, but definitely for a two. You mean the Packers one. almost lost in overtime. If it wasn't for a couple of missed kicks on the other side as well. Hey, any given Sunday, sir. To the Bengals. Any given Sunday, anybody could be anybody in this goddamn league. Al Pacino, by the way, any given Sunday. But a team that has actually looked good with, you know, <laughs> one of their two losses coming against the Packers. The other one against the Bears. Andy Dalton and Justin Fields and the Bears. Andy's revenge. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> he had to eat that up. Yes. They were now I bought they are one game back of the Ravens. Uh with a win would take control in the division, be in first place. Um Josh, so far from the season, I think most of us, I think 
Zach and I were in that five to six wins. You said maybe seven or eight. How are you feeling about your Bengals so far? Four and two through their first six. Obviously, the beginning of their schedule was the, we'll say, more favorable part. You know, uh, Vikings, Bears, Jaguars, Lions, Steelers have not looked great. Still do have the Jets, but, you know, the end of their season certainly has some more difficult teams. Chargers, Niners, Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, Browns. Where are you feeling right now? Um, impressed, uh, definitely impressed. And I, I think, uh, one of the big things that you're seeing is the Bengals, uh, new tight end, uh, Jamar chase, um, really just playing lights out football all around. I don't know if you guys saw that block he threw this yeah. weekend. Oh, I saw it. Did, did you see uh Penny Sewell block, block at all? Did he have any memorable moments in that game? I didn't so, know. Doing pretty good for a guy that couldn't catch a couple months ago. I think that is as if the Bengals can continue to find ways to air that connection out more. You need more than that. You need more than that. But I think one of the most pleasant surprises for the Bengals is the defense. I mean, one of the yeah. most staunch defenses uh, in the NFL right now. So you can say that, but then talk shit about my Packers because they still beat you. Well, it should have won by more. Let's let's be real. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulda, coulda. Uh, the woulda, Browns, yeah. the Browns should be five and one. Sure, yeah. No, that's not true, and you know that. They blew a lead against the Chiefs, and they blew like a fourteen-point lead where they needed one stop against they the Chargers. They can't handle the Herbert machine. Any Nobody given can. Sunday. Any given. Any given Sunday, and that's I think the Bengals the need to game. have a couple more of those games where any given Sunday they pull one out. They've got you know some winnable ones coming up here at at the Jets. And everything, but then you've also got some important division games. This is the thick of it right here. I think this is where you tell this month, uh, this upcoming month, where things are. I think by Thanksgiving, you're going to know where this team is because you'll have a game against the Ravens, the Browns, and the Steelers Thanksgiving weekend. That that's that's it for me right there. If these Bengals are for real or not, because I think they do have the defense now to hang there with these teams, but you can't. You can't get into so many of these Zach Taylor lulls. There's so many confusing things about the offense that I don't understand yet. Mainly the play calling. Does he call plays? He does. He should not be calling plays. He should not be calling (laughs) plays. And I think one of the best things you've seen about, again, the offense this year is Burrow being able to recognize defenses a little better, having that experience under him from the six games last year, however many it was. But I think he's been a little more decisive. I think Frank Pollock has done a tremendous job with the offensive line, and you're seeing Joe Mixon reap the benefits of that. I know I was low on Joe Mixon at the beginning of the year, but he's even through. talked a lot of shit about him. Yeah, I was. I was. I was. But uh, him and Chris Evans, backup running back, have stepped up a little bit um, and are finally playing a complete, complete position. So I think my first, but que- that that all goes back to Frank Pollock. My first question, I mean, first, I mean, you do have the sixteen sacks, and I think what the Steelers game, you had nothing. So, you know, three sacks a game in the other five games. The other question that I think is, are you worried at all about Joe Burrow's decision making, especially in high leverage situations? He only had five picks in the ten games, you know, nine plus games he played last year. Already has seven picks this year. Uh, you know, didn't hurt him against the Lions. Could have ended the game against the Packers. You know, that 
Yeah. It was a pretty bad pick. That was that was the worst pick. I I've, I think that's probably the worst throw I've ever seen Joe Burrow make at any level. That interception, I watched that so many times, and I was just like, "What the hell is he doing? Like, what? Where in the world was that going?" But I mean, you do also have to remember what game was that? He had three in a row where he came out, and yeah, he had three against the the Bears. And that I think, yeah, yeah, that's just yeah, him. Babe. You need more experience there under him. I think he's getting better because at the beginning of the year, his his numbers under pressure were horrible. Um, but I think that's just getting this offense that has so many new pieces in it and kind of getting over the hump. I think a thing that's going to help Burrow in that is that he's being able to audible more, and you're seeing him audible <clears> more. And on those plays that he's he's calling the play, you're seeing great success with this offense. Burrow knows that he needs to air the ball out more. I just think, you know, continuing to improve the offensive line, get guys healthier, keep improving, and you need to steal a couple more games. And I, th- I would say the other question would be, you know, against, do you think this offense can continue to improve? You've seen it from the offensive line. The sack numbers have gone down. But against Detroit was the first time that they had scored more than, 30 points in a game, you know, more than 24 points in regulation. Well, yeah, you got them. So you got, when you play against some of these high, you know, high powered offenses, especially, you know, I mean, the chiefs, the Browns have been putting up points in some degree, most of the year when you play against, you know, the Ravens are going to put up points. Right. Are you going to be able to keep up with these teams? And that's what I want to, that's my biggest thing with the Bengals right now is, is coming out of the gate. And I think you've had a couple of games here where you've really stalled in the first half. Even against the Jaguars on prime time, complete, complete dud in the first half. So getting out of those lulls where you're getting into those, we've talked about it before, the, the second and eights and the constant third and sixes, you've got to yeah. get out of those. In f- against the Lions even, if they yeah. didn't kick a late field goal, it would have been just it would have been only their first drive. They would have had a touchdown and then would have gone. Right. I it's, mean, they went interception, three and out, three and out, three and out, and then got the field goal. Their first yeah. half offense seemed to be even shaky against the Detroit team that has been giving up a lot of points in the first half. Yeah, you can't, you, you just got to, you can't go through those lulls. And I think that rests on Zach Taylor. I think the play calling is sometimes so conservative it's with the players. It is. It's, it's when you look at the team on paper, it's, it's crazy For an to think about genius, running There's like nothing that. genius yeah. by what That's he runs That's what I always there. get hung up on about Zach Taylor is you talk about, oh, he's from the McVay tree and everything, and he's an offensive-minded coach, and <laughs> you should be expecting all these new fast, <clears throat> excuse me, fast-paced offense stuff, and you just really haven't seen that a whole lot outside no. of Jamar Chase, who I'm pretty sure is second in the league with receivers, 20 or more receptions, uh, averaging... I think he averages like near 21 yards catch right now. Oh yeah, he's. I, I mean, no one. Yeah, outside gotta, of that, you've got to figure out more. a way to get like, like Tyler Boyd has been shut down in some games, and that can't that can't happen. And that's I think you get into you know running those quick routes and everything, and oh yeah, this conservative play calling. You can't limit these playmakers you have on offense. So I mean, the rest of the way. Have you changed your expectations for the Bengals? Do you, are, are your expectations a playoff team? Or are you just hoping competitive down the, down the stretch? Will you be disappointed if they're not a playoff team, I guess, at the end of the year? No, I won't be disappointed um, just because I, 
you really didn't expect this start and I was giving them I was like yeah I think you you need you need this year and then maybe next year let's start talking about some expectations but I think the improvement of the offensive line in Frank Pollock which I just don't think gets talked about enough with as much as people have bitched and moaned about the offensive line over the past few years that improvement the surprise improvement of the defense I mean I don't even know if you could call it an improvement they just look worlds better on defense. So I yeah. think those two things you weren't expecting as much. You know, I being at four wins already, you got and having, let's see, you got the Jets, 49ers, Broncos, those are winnable games. So I think they definitely get to I'm pretty sure I said seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely think they get to that. It, it it comes down to the division. I don't think there's a clear front runner for the AFC North. Do you guys? I oh, think the Ravens. Look yeah, really the good. Ravens look very every bit of that. But yeah. the Ravens have also they, thrown they out sh- some stinkers. Yeah, they've. They that's have. What I'm saying. Yeah, they have. But I think on when, paper, I'm, when I'm looking on paper, at for when certain, I'm the Ravens. Who, yeah. Who, who, yeah. But yeah, but off of the performances you've seen, every team in the AFC North, especially some more than others, have uh, put put up some definite duds on the field so far this year. Yeah. So no, I, I think fair. I think the Bengals have a chance. It's a lot like the. The Bearcats' uh, playoffs chances. If you keep if you keep doing your job here, then yeah. you have a decent shot. No, that's fair. Obviously, I trust the Bearcats to do that more than the Bengals, but there's a lot of uh, unknown in football this year. Uh, shifting from your Bengals to Northeast Ohio, uh, my Cleveland Browns, a team that now sits, you know, a, a, a pick to win the division by a lot of people, you know. <clears throat> potentially kind of a dark horse pick, you know, to make it to the Super Bowl. Now sit at 3 and 3. Um obviously very injured, but some disappointing results, uh you know, obviously most notably first the Arizona Cardinals um play at Denver this this Thursday night and it's it's some tough sledding, guys. You know, 7 I mean, I'm not yeah. I'm not here to make excuses. I I will tell you when the Browns are bad because I've set I'll have high expectations, but I'll say the Browns are bad when the Browns are bad. Um, you know, the biggest worry, obviously, with the offense, I would say it's kind of twofold. Well, even threefold. You have the running backs that are kind of hurt. Kareem Hunt is, you know, going to be out several weeks now. So you don't have that one-two punch, which has been so effective for the Browns. You know, two guys that, you know, both... I think Kareem averages 60 yards um, and Chubb averages over 100 yards on the ground. Like, they just <laughs> maul people on the ground per game. Um, two, you have the offensive tackle situation. Um, Jedrick Wills has been hurt since the first game. He's been in and out of the lineup. Conklin's been hurt recently. You know, their offensive tackles in the last game were... Um, a guy named Blake, Blake Hans. Blake. Uh, Blake. Who came in, I think he came in in one of the last games of the season when someone got hurt. And uh, he was so new to the roster that um, Baker, it, he was like, I had introduced myself to the guy in the huddle. Uh, with uh, Wills, uh, Conklin, and their backup, um, Chris Hubbard being out for the year with a tricep injury. Conklin being out, it was the rookie third-round pick who only really had one year as an offensive tackle starter at yeah. UC in James Hudson the third. 
And then third has got to be Baker Mayfield. Some of it's on the injury. Some of it's on decision-making. And some of it's just on holding onto the ball. He said he potentially dislocated his shoulder and they had to pop it back into place again versus the Cardinals. It just worries me about, you know, his strength, his accuracy, his ability to stay in the pocket. When you're dealing with an injury like that, it affects everything in the game. And it's one of those things where you're worried that, you know, even if he sits out a couple of weeks, you don't know if it's something that's going to be going to be taken care of for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I, the Browns are another, I don't want to call them a disappointment because I've been higher on the Browns than, than you are, Greg, but just after the second loss in a row, I think I really started to question where, where that offense is. And, and, and also with the defense, I know you've gotten production out of, out of Garrett and, and out of uh, Jadavion Clowney, but Aside from that, um, you've had Greedy Williams come back and look okay, but you know you really—they're kind of a, in a similar situation as I see the Bengals. And when you look at that roster on paper, you you'd think you'd have some more. Uh, there's a lot of firepower. Uh, there's a lot of this guy running wide open and two DBs looking at each other like, yeah. There's a lot of confusion back there for an NFL team. That's kind of. Uh, worrisome there in the secondary which i think is probably their biggest weakness right now outside yeah. of injuries definitely i think well you, you look at them at first and you know in the in the uh charger game you know you saw denzel ward go out early with an injury yeah uh you know greedy was there he even left late with an injury so it was you know it was your Third and fourth string, you know, it was A.J. Green playing your number one corner. And right. not that A.J. Green. No. <laughs> not that A.J. Green. So, you know, at the end of the game versus the Chargers, you could kind of see they had some, you know, third and fourth string guy, you know, kind of just cobbled together a defense. And you're like, yeah, you're going to get – there's going to be some, some tough spots there. But even with a week of practice – it still looks like, you know, Joe Woods likes to run that that four two five nickel scheme a whole lot. Yeah. Uh there have been a lot of just you know, missed coverages. And I understand that there are interchangeable interchangeable pieces, but you have to have the guys on your roster understanding what their you know, what their assignment is. Because everyone's gonna go through injuries and you can't you can't use it as, you know Oh, that's 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 coaching or something. Well, yeah, that's, that's coaching to the point where when they you look know. at you know, know, if you have a if you have a corner if you have a third string corner that has a bad day against one wide receiver and it's him one on one against the receiver you know getting torched it it's like okay it happens but when you have you know Mike Williams ran free twice you know a couple guys ran free twice there was DeAndre Hopkins screen touchdown and it's just it's the guys that they need to be yeah. covering <laughs> everybody you look should at be covering you know. That. Jadavian Clowney's been in and out. Miles Garrett's been hurt. But the best guy on their defense so far, you know, outside of a Miles Garrett, has been Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa, who's now out for four weeks. I was going to say he's out, right? So you have all these guys that are out, and obviously you have injuries. And I, you know, you understand if the defense takes a step back because of the injuries, but you can't have blown coverages. You no. can't, you can, you're professionals. The plus side, Greg, I would say, is that, that that's all crazy fixable, though, right? Yeah. That. Um, you know, the offense here down the road once they get some guys. That's why I think you know, you're missing both tackles. That's why I think Thursday, 
I, I would sit as many guys as you can. I know it sounds bad. People wouldn't say that, but with the amount of injuries they have and maybe some of these guys just need another week or so to kind of get their bodies back in shape because they have that short week, right? They're playing Thursday. Yeah, playing Thursday. Yeah, I, I mean, you're going to go try to win the game. I'm just saying, especially with the offense, I would sit some well, of those guys like Baker. You can't. The, the question is, I would say. The you question, got one more game in the regular yeah. season, too, to think about. I mean, you, you're playing a longer season. The question is, you have, you know, Wills and Conklin probably, I think, on the first. Because with the Thursday night game, they make you put the first injury report out on a Monday. Yeah. Both of them are questionable. No one's out. You know, if they're both going to be out, that really worries me. If they both play, maybe. But, you know, you have a veteran in Case Keenum. If you think a long, you know, if you think two or I guess, you know, two weeks between games for Baker is going to help heal some stuff, then I think Keenum has to be your choice. Not because I... Because the thing is, I, I don't... It's never that I don't trust Baker. It's just the injuries right now, I think, are affecting him more. Because you could tell that first game after the injury was uh, was that Vikings game. Or, I'm sorry, was... Yeah, it was the Vikings game. Because it was the Bears game that he got hurt. He didn't look like himself. He looked better against the Chargers after some rest. And then he re-aggravated it. I think yeah. he needs a full two weeks off, and kind of get some treatment and get things He's also back not together. an arm guy to begin. I mean, he doesn't have a cannon. Uh, who has the longest uh, recorded I didn't say he pass arm, by yards? But I'm just saying. I mean, this I'm, just, I'm just putting numbers. You can put Aaron Rodgers in there, but as far as total yards covered in a Hail Mary, Baker Mayfield, number one, longest recorded. That's just That's just statistics. I can find any guy to go through that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying he's a guy, you know, he should rest. I mean, first of all, Case Keenum has a very good track record yeah, in the NFL what... and can lead a team, and he's healthy is my point. Well, because, yeah, then you got Steelers-Bengals coming up after after the long Yeah, and those and are two I mean, huge games. Big-time divisional games where at the end of the year, if I you're just, looking at divisional record. I don't think there's record. a point in playing in Thursday when you have a very capable quarterback who had success in the NFL. What if he goes off? QB controversy in Cleveland? I don't think so. No, <laughs> no, no. But I mean, you, you, you very much have a chance. It's not like Case you're Keenum with the is... Packers who have, or shit, like the Raiders had. You had played Nathan fucking Peters. You're not playing Nathan Peters out there yeah. as your backup. You know what I mean? You have a very viable, winnable option, huh? Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Peterman? Peterman, sorry. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That, that's what I, you have a guy, you know what Case Keenum is. He's a viable backup. It's like playing Chase Daniel out there. You know what Chase Daniel is. When Baker's healthy enough to play, put him back, you know, put him back in. But I think giving him this extra rest, especially against the team, you know, that you may only need 21 points to beat or something in the Broncos, even with a beat up defense. You know, I don't trust Teddy Roosevelt or or Drew, lock, pop, and drop it to exactly, uh, you know, light things up. I just start to worry about, and, and you were ahead of the game on this, professional that you are, Greg. Uh, but I just worry about this team and what they have on paper and the potential of this Cleveland Browns team. I mean, we're talking about a defense that's only gotten four turnovers th- so far. I think as a team, you're minus three in the turnover department. I'm, that's, I would that's, be amazed if we're only minus three. That's incredible to think about when you look at this Cleveland Browns team. Now, I think that's that's an important, and not to, to cut you off, but the one thing is they may be minus three in the turnover, but I think, 
I mean, the third or I guess the fourth phase, if you don't, if you count special teams, because special teams have been up and down, is coaching. And you have Kevin Stefanski, and he was an innovative play caller, and he was running the offense so well, and on the scripted plays, he's running so well. And man, he's a guy that takes chances. I believe on infield goal range, the Browns have, I mean, the Browns have won for it like eight to ten times this year. Baker's been sacked on fourth down on a play that obviously they're coming after you and he's been sacked three times. And it's like, if you're not, ta- you know, a couple of these games, a field goal could have really changed mm-hmm. the difference in this game. I think they're minus four. And yeah, Two. that's fair. But if you include all the failed fourth downs, and I understand, you know, fourth and one, you want to go for it, you want to be aggressive. But on these fourth and fours from 20, sometimes those points come back to bite you. Yeah. You really oh, yeah. need it. Oh, yeah, and that's what I think, you know, no need to panic or anything, by no means. I'm in full panic mode. You have to start to wonder uh, if some of this, how much of this needs to fall back on the coaching staff at the end of the year. Like, I mean, Thursday night in Cleveland, who knows what will happen, but then you've got Steelers, Bengals. Like, say you go two and three here the next three weeks, or one and, excuse me. Math is hard. Say you go one and two here the next three weeks. Say so we're playing five games in three weeks. We're screwed. Say you go one and two. I mean, how much are you looking at the coaching staff here being in the hot seat? Uh, I don't think they're in the hot seat this year. I think they can blame it on injuries. They brought the Browns to the playoffs for the first time in, you know, they need almost stability 20 years. There. Yeah. If any franchise needs stability. I mean, I, oh, I yeah. think... I think the biggest thing is they need to kind of grow as a team. Obviously, the defense is a little bit on the younger side. They just they need to get better. And I think, as you mentioned, it's it's fixable to the point where you fix some coverages, you get healthy on the offensive side. I think this team's potential is to be really good. I mean, to be you know to be a, a really solid contender, Elite. be a playoff team, be I, I don't know if they're you know the cream of the crop in the AFC, but to definitely be a team that's there like they were last year. But I'm worried, you know, injuries and giving away some of these games early is going to be the difference between, you know, a good team that misses out on the playoffs and whatnot or, you know, a good team that, you know, doesn't live up to their potential. And right now, that's what I'm kind of seeing when they've blown some of these games. And, you know everything on paper is pointing towards good team, but everything on the field is pointing towards, ah, the defense has had a good game and a bad game and a good game and a bad game. And the offense has had a, you know, good game and a bad game and a good game and a bad game where they haven't really put it all together. And some of that is injuries, Mm -hmm. but some of that is coaching. And some of that is just showing up against the teams. You show up against what coming in. He, he, he's only an offensive coordinator for 19 games in Minnesota. I mean, before becoming head coach in Cleveland, I mean, he's, He's learning as he goes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anybody's on the hot seat there at all after last year. That buys you a little time. In no, Cleveland. yeah, that buys yeah. you, that yeah. Buys you yeah. a ton of time. Yeah, really. The only, I mean, the the especially big, with the injuries. That, yeah. that's a huge. They have an obscene amount of injuries. That's absurd. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if they can if they can figure it out in Denver, Pittsburgh doesn't especially scare me. I don't know. Big Ben just seems like a bum. Cincinnati could be tough. New England, Detroit Ooh, could be tough. Josh, you hear that? Could be could tough. be. Could be. I mean, we could get we could get fall 21 nothing, almost 21 nothing against the Jaguars. Yeah. The the Bengals yeah. are 
less inconsistent than the Browns have been this year, but they've still been inconsistent to a degree. They lost to the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. But, you know, they certainly still have some very tough games on the schedule. They still have all six division games, uh, you know, in their last 11. So some tough games, and if they don't turn it on here soon, then there's not going to be enough time when they, if they get quote-unquote healthy, to, to fight their way back in. We'll see. NFL season is uh, in full swing. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports, Ohio Sports and Beer Podcast. Just as a note, easing our way back into it. We will have just one show this week. Be back next week. Hitting the ground running once again every Tuesday. Uh, Want to give our first shout-out, giving our shout-outs as we do every week here on 30 Rack of Sports, to 1820 Brew Works, uh, Putnam County's finest. Uh, in Collida, Ohio, we were drinking their uh, Pendleton's Purple Pale, the Triple P, uh, from 1820 Brewing. We all, I would say, really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, a little bit different than your classic pale ale, but very, very flavorful very and just an, delicious. just an enjoyable beer to drink, I would say. <laughs> it's not like, well, there's no qualifiers. It's not like, hey, on a sunny day, it's just like, ah, it's just an enjoyable beer to drink. So... I uh, want to give a shout-out to 1820 Brew Works in Kaleido, Ohio. Also a shout-out, of course, to our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, of course, last week, we weren't able to uh, make it to a show, but we're going to be back, especially with all the major sports going at the same time. We'll be ready to grind and put out some good content here. Uh, to our personal shout-outs, Josh, who are you shouting out today? I am shouting out uh, one of those sports that you refer to. Not quite yet time, but the preseason AP poll was released today for college basketball. So as we are in the thick of things for college football right now and plenty of excitement there, uh, let's not forget, we'll roll right into it this winter. It's going to be a fun college basketball season and uh, countdown to March begins soon. So shout out to John Rothstein and anyone else on Twitter that talked about college basketball all day. Ooh. It's only what? It's it's only October. Yeah. So um, shout out to college basketball must yeah. be back. We, uh, we we love college basketball around here. It's uh it's just a wild ride, especially March. Get the brackets going out again. Zach, who are you shouting out this week? Uh Greg, I'm gonna Shout out, it's kind of an Indians and Cubs shout out. I'm going to shout out uh, Carter Hawkins, longtime Cleveland Indians front office man, uh, been the G- assistant GM to Mike Chernoff for the last several years, uh, new Cubs general manager. Indians front office once again raided. Uh, but congratulations, Greg. Your, your uh, organization might finally run like a finely tuned machine with actual money in place for him to spend I, another, well, hun- I, another I just, hundred years. I just hope they spend money. It's it's hey, they have more money in Cleveland. So you know, congrats to him though. He's I think gosh, he's been with the Indians organization a long time, so a long time coming. So shout out to shout out Carter Hawkins. Carter Hawkins, the new man in charge, GM of the Chicago Cubs. Hopefully they can be less bad and actually spend money. I hear Carlos Correa really likes Chicago style pizza. Oh, that's some of the that's some of the high level reporting. <laughs> <I've heard. laughs> 
just speaking of former uh, players like that in Ohio people from small Ohio towns such as Middletown, Ohio, Schwarber, Grand Damn. Slam, putting the uh, – I'll, I'll shout out anyone that gets rid of the Astros. A Schwarber yeah, bomb. Just, exactly. just hit a Schwarber bomb for a Grand Slam in game uh, – what is this, game three. three as we record tonight? Three, Josh. Yeah, 1-1 one, one right now. Woo! Um, guys, for my shout-out, I'm actually going to the ice for my shout-out. Uh, Curling? Yes. Yeah. How did you know? Uh, going to Columbus – uh, shouting out uh, Columbus Blue Jackets goalie Elvis Merzlikens, Uh Started the, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> started the uh, 8-2 win versus Arizona. Uh, not wearing his normal number 90. Uh, wearing uh, number 80 uh, in remembrance of his friend uh, Matisse Kivlenix, uh who uh, tragically passed following a fireworks accident over the summer. Uh, during that game... He made uh, 36 of 38 saves uh, in an 8-2 win for the Jackets so far. Uh, you know, has only allowed three goals in two games for the Jackets. Has a .948 save percentage. So shout out to Elvis for, uh, you know, a guy that was like his, you know, almost like his brother, a guy who lived with him a lot, you know, dealing with some some tough stuff over the summer, but coming back, you know, putting on a great show for his good friend Matisse, and then also just uh, getting it done for the the Jackets so far, a team that we didn't expect much of, but they've been uh, 2-0 so far. So Hey! hey. You are what your record says you are, apparently. (laughs) And we let them off the hook. Let them off the hook. All righty. Well, that's going to wrap us up for another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Once again, no Friday show. We will be back Tuesday with some more content, some more hot takes, and some more shenanigans because that's just kind of par for the course around here. Alrighty, for Zach on the opinions, good, bad, or otherwise. See ya. For Josh on the ones and twos. Go Bearcats. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Racket Sports. Peace. <laughs>